Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Being Black Emory. As always, I'll be your facilitator for today. But on this episode, we're thinking about giving space to first years to discuss what is their first semester like here at Emory. But before I get started, let's introduce the panelists. Hello, um, my name is Marcus, I'm a first year, um, and I, my pronouns are he, him, his. Hello, my name is Kalichi Ariyagu, I'm a first year, my pronouns are her, she, hers. Hi, I'm Samaya Hill, I'm a first year, my pronouns are she, her, hers. Hi, my name is Christopher Lawrence, I'm a first year, my pronouns are he, him, his. Hi, I'm Luna Mello, and I'm a first year, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. Good morning, I'm Zindi James. Um, I'm a first year student here at the college and my pronouns are he, him, his. So let's get into it, right? So what would you say has characterized y'all's experience here at Emory thus far? Yeah, for uh, me, I would say definitely so far my first semester kind of feels like a routine in a cycle. Um, kind of like just, you know, waking up and doing my academics portions and then later in the evening, um, you know, doing homework and then so far either socializing or going to bed. Um, so it's kind of, it, it just feels like that every day. Um, not that it's necessarily a bad thing, because it's kind of what culminates the college experience for me and what I kind of perceived before coming here. But yeah, those are the two main focuses um, that I've felt have kept reoccurring over this semester. I think like the routine itself is what's bothering me because I came to Emory for the academics and it seems that once you leave the classroom, that academic stops and although like there's almost not really a stress culture in this school, but mm -hmm. it's more student-induced rather than the school. Mm -hmm. And um, other than what you, the moment you go to class, you leave class, like that's it, and then you bring it to yourself, like reading and everything, but it's not like a holistic, like um, intellectual, you know, you know, environment. So that's like what's weird for me. Mm -hmm. I would say um, I'm, my experience at Emory has been kind of unexpected. I wasn't. I came in with like a certain perception of how it would be, and thus far it hasn't necessarily been that way. So. I, I would have to disagree because um, I, I initially thought that like coming into Emory, knowing that it was like a competitive school, that I was going to have like a, a cutthroat community that like with people that just don't want to help you because they want to be on top. And that's exactly what I got with certain communities here. Um, <laughs> But I guess one thing that I'm like really like comfortable about and excited about is the, the fact that like I over prepared myself for college because of what my high school teachers did. Like they literally made college seem like it was gonna be hell on earth. So I prepared myself for hell on earth. And now I'm just like I'm cruising through the kind of I have two classes a day. So it's just like yeah. And they're spread apart too. Like amazing. That's great. I have four on Tuesday. That's <laughs> I go from ten to five and it sucks. But I would agree with the stress culture because especially being pre-B school and I'm in one of the prereqs right now, which follows the B school curve, it's not even about how much you know or how your grades are, it's about how you are in comparison to other people because the curve is like only 30% can get an A, 30% can get a B, and then the rest get like a C plus. So how you perform on the test isn't necessarily like, oh, you got an A, you're getting an A in the class because if you got like a 90 and everyone got a 100, you're gonna get a B in the class, so you're just, like, the culture before our first midterm was like, how dumb is your class? Because I need to know how well I have to perform mm. to do well in this class. So y'all both mentioned stress culture, right? So what is that, what is like navigating that as a black student? I think it's like, ridiculous because most of the stress culture when I first came like especially in August a lot of the students when you're within class they're like 
oh, I took this AP class, I took this AP class, so mm -hmm. I know this and that, and they'll be correcting the teacher. Whereas, like, I came from Atlanta Public Schools, and we didn't have the same resources, so I'm like, y'all yeah. took all these classes that we had textbooks from 1800. Like, <laughs> right. like, it's not fair. So it's just like, the stress culture is, I just distance myself from it. Because I'm like, y'all do, you know? Yeah, um, I would agree how people like kind of talk about their previous experiences and how it uh, kind of helps them and gives them a slight advantage in terms of learning. Um, but when my mentality towards that is like, we're all, we all started as first years here at Emory. We're all in the same playing field um like although um our previous high school and how much that prepared us for emory in this experience like chris says um he prepared for hell on earth and i feel i did the same way but there's still everyone's gonna encounter their own challenges when it comes to academically and um just kind of forgetting about the past and moving on with the future is my way of dealing with that i i agree that that's like the mentality that people want of like a level playing field but that is not it's not true because we all came in with different things and like some yeah. people went to schools that AP weren't offered mm -hmm. and now you're like ahead of the game because you don't have to take all these GERs and you don't like for the B school you have to have a certain amount of credits and like a bunch of kids can't even apply early because they won't have the credits unless they overload themselves when they're here I don't think that's fair and I was talking to my friends and we were like the high school process to be then converted into something that's so streamlined as the college process like People come from high schools like someone's like my GPA was at a six. Like I've never heard of that in my life. <laughs> but like <Yeah. laughs> it happens in some places. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean one thing about my school that like I I personally didn't like but I've I've learned to appreciate is the fact that like at the school that I'm coming from, like I didn't really have that much um access to like um animal cadavers. Mm. And um you know, I I decided that like because I didn't have any access to those those animals, I was like I'm not gonna take any like science classes this semester or next mm -hmm. semester, and I was gonna like try to try to like get in touch with like other students that are taking biology and chemistry and like see what they're doing. Um, luckily enough, I got like this this job like federal work study job where I'm like actually mm -hmm. like working with these mice and these rats and these pigs and stuff like that. I'm just like, you know, this is the experience that I'm going to need in order to, to, to take advantage of, like, the opportunities on this campus. And, like, my boss was literally, like, confused that, like, I had never seen, like, a rat's insides before. Mm. But, like, I'm, you know, it's it's something that you, you, you just kind of, like, take, like, you roll with the punches, kind of. I would say in a way, um, similar to what Luna said, um, in terms of a level playing field, theoretically, like, that's what we all want. We all want to be able to, like, thrive together. However, like, just looking at how classes are set up, for example, like, chemistry classes, mm. if you don't have AP chem background or, like, mm. higher level chem background, like, yeah. unless you're gonna, like, I, like, I don't have any background, so I, like, work my ass off. Like, I go right. to every office hour that I can. But, like, if I didn't do that, I would just, like, sit there and not know what to do because like the classes are literally structured in that way if you don't have background knowledge then you like almost won't succeed unless you like take that extra step like Chris is doing to make sure that you expose yourself to the opportunities that you're presented with so I think like it would be great to say like yeah Emory's a school where no matter where you, what high school you went to no matter what resources you had you can like do well but I haven't seen that happen yet. Cutthroat, sorry. Right. Is the cutthroat communities you were mentioning yeah. earlier? That, that definitely is it. Mm -hmm. Has anyone else experienced that cutthroat community? And if so, like, do you feel like Emory really supports their black students in like trying to give them resources to like support them in that capacity? I would say personally, so 
my high school was like very much so similar to Emory. Like, I think we black students were even more of a minority than we are at Emory. So mm -hmm. like, I this isn't like a good thing, but I wasn't expecting anyone to advocate for advocate for me. I was always like expecting to like have to advocate for myself, Ooh, and I've kind of just become conditioned to having to do that. I never had like a teacher that's like, oh Samaya, like I'm gonna help you out in finding scholarships. I did all of that for myself. So like, yeah. I mean, I would. I would have loved to attend a school where, like, you know, I had, like, I also haven't had any black professors, so I can't necessarily speak to that. But, like, I would have loved to have a school where, like, I, like, see that actually implemented, but I haven't yet, so. Does anyone else feel, share these sentiments for the similar, different? I think that there are resources in place, but they're not well, like, advertised, mm -hmm. and you really have to seek them out and, like, form those relationships like the Office of Bracelets in the Student Center, where people are literally every day and so many people don't know it's there. And like, I'm glad that I was in like, uh, more, which is like, yeah. so that was helpful. And like I formed a relationship with Malcolm who's helped me a lot. Yeah, I would definitely agree on that, especially with the more concept, having that structured, um, like just the mentorship that I received through uh, my sophomore mentor um, and other sophomores that just wanted to be helpful. Um, I think that really set me off um, in terms of like, they put me onto classes and um, just like mentored other mentors in like public health school and like whatever I wanted, they, they knew who to talk to. Um, so I think the more like connections that I got to so, at black supporting um, was through like other black people telling mm -hmm. me rather than through Emory advertisement. So I would agree that Emory's advertisement of like supporting um, like clubs or you know programs or race and uh, caps and all the other supporting systems, I think the advertisement is kind of low and that to actually get active and take use of those spaces, um, it would probably be through recommendation or encouragement by your peers. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, Marcus on one about more, because um, I'm also in more, and mm -hmm. having that mentor has been very helpful Especially like just going through your weeks, it's, it's nice to have somebody you can talk to about how your week's been. And they have like structures. So like last week was about health and wellness. That week was about like just like social and like have you been able to get out to the city. Cause like here at Emory, it's like it's very much a bubble. So in order like having somebody to like letting you know that, like it's a bubble here. Like you need to get out in the city, you need to go explore. And just having somebody that you can like depend on is just nice. And it just helps, it helps me like get through my days. Um, I, I, I really um, have to agree with everyone. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, like, I don't think Emory is really doing, like, enough to, to support us. It's more of the work that we're doing in mm. order to get these, these right. communities and stuff that, because you have to apply to more right, in yeah. order to, to get mm -hmm. a, a mentor. And I'm thinking, like, yeah. I have a black professor only because I looked up these professors <laughs> and tried to make sure that I had a black professor right. in my first year. Like my um, my pace class that we're taking, which is like before you have your major or anything like they have you take a course that basically like just sets you up for like your your life in Emory. Um, I was lucky enough to have two two black um, instructors for that class. So like until I think that's three, right. I did that. Um, but like yeah, basically like those those were people that I had to to put in place to to get like I had to look for that black professor. Right. I had to apply to um the the black male initiative on Embry's campus mm -hmm. in order to get my my pace instructors to be black. It's just like there's so many things that you have to do in order to get the resources that you want yeah. for black people. It's, do you necessarily think that's bad though? Because I think that's like being an adult. Like yeah. you always have to seek out your own opportunities. 
You, you sound like you got something to say. Because I feel like, like, no, like, you can, like, like, it's not a bad thing, but at the end of the day, it is. Like, yes, we are adults, but we're also not too far removed from high school. Mm-hmm. And, like, coming, like, just coming back from that high school sense, and yes, we're in college, we're first-year students, we should be able to, like, find these things for ourselves, but at the end of the day, it is left, it should be left to, like, Emory, not, not left, but Emory University should be able to help us find these resources that we need. Um, tell us about the resources that are here. Because, I mean, if you, like, look through, um, like, what you're paying, there's a lot of things that you pay for that not a lot of people know about. Yeah. Like, so I just feel as though, like, Emory's, adver- like, telling us and advertising what there is on campus that can help us, I feel like that should be something that's done. Like, it's important. Um, I think I think there's a certain notion that like once you turn 18, you're an adult, and that that's just it. But like, I think this college process is us beginning the process of adulting. Yeah. So like, we need to have these people like on campus saying, hey, like here are certain opportunities that we want you to take advantage of, or here are certain opportunities that we're giving to you. Like, make sure that you're taking advantage of them. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a problem that like. We, we haven't been like, I, I guess like, not spoon fed, but like, given these opportunities, like, yeah. I think they should, they should just advertise it better because you don't have to go to these like resources, yeah. but it's a problem to not know that they're there, mm-hmm. you know? So that would be like, I think there's a little bit of both. I would agree with that. I think the issue lies within the fact that it's not advertised, however, not in the fact that they like, don't necessarily tell us like do this do this do this because like yeah. that's really like on mm-hmm. us to yeah. do it in a way yeah. but like the fact that like we don't even know where to go to mm-hmm. find that that's the problem because how can I do something to help myself when I have no idea where to start they also I don't know if any of you I did core in the fall of my senior year. yeah and I know other people did essence and the way they portray this school in those programs yes. <laughs> compared to when I got yes. here I was shook like they make it seem like there are so many resources and then you're just surrounded by people of color and you're just like, wow, like I'm gonna find my place. Like I'm gonna have so much support and you get here and you're like, where do they all go? <laughs> like even the, even the admissions officers who are running it are of color or are like not white. Right. Then you get here and you're like, what the fuck? All my professors <laughs> right. are white though. Like yeah. what? Mm-hmm. So that was mine. You have similar experiences, like who did Essence? Did anyone do Essence, right? You feel like they framed it in a particular way to just grab y'all here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My poor, poor child. <laughs> oh, my poor child. Oh my gosh, my, my own. Harold, if you're watching this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to clarify, CORE is, stands for Cultural Overnight Recruitment Experience. It's a program that Emory has to bring in students of color, low-income students who are still in high school um, before they apply to Emory. In essence, is a program after they apply, get accepted. They bring their own students of color, low-income students. You try to maintain them and get them to come the following year for school. Um, but I know some of you have had experience in core in essence. What's that like? And do you feel like Emory advertised the black experience properly once you got here, or does it reflect, you know, your experience thus far? I would say. Well, the students that they had speak on like the panels and stuff, they told their experience and that was helpful, but the way the school itself portrayed the way you, like, their students of color are experiencing the school was false, Mm -hmm. I would say, that they made, like, when you're in, you're kind of in a bubble of like, 
your seniors and then you're all together and it's like it's all there was like maybe one white person in core <laughs> and so you're you're kind of like wow like this school is making such an effort and even when you go out into like the campus and stuff usually the people who choose to host core students are of color or are like had these experiences so you're much more inclined to believe that that's a bigger population of Emory than it is mm. and like they make an effort to have like cultural nights where it's like Nambika and BAM and all these groups that you're like wow like this is such a big part of the school and then I at least I got here in the fall and I was like wow it really is not <laughs> and so like I'm glad I went because I know that those things are here and so right. I can search them out but if you hadn't gone it's kind of like that's there's just no way you would know about them but also to clarify for the audience, like what is it, uh, BAM oh. and Nambika? BAM is the freshman male step team for black people. For black people. Oh, the brotherhood of well, Afrocentric men. Yeah, that's Afrocentric <laughs> men. And then Nambika is its female counterpart, mm. so, yeah. I will say that because, um, <clears throat> so, so I did, I hosted a core kid like this like a couple weeks ago and like one thing I did notice was like whenever they were asking for like volunteers or hosts they really emphasized like people of color and mm. black people so it was like I because I didn't do court before mm. I came here so I had I knew nothing about Emory but being part of court this year is like dang like they're really trying to showcase like oh yeah black people are here there's this <laughs> culture there it's like really misinforming mm -hmm. so it was like Mm, it makes me wonder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about it is misinforming, you would say? It's like, whenever there's like things for volunteers or hosts, they're always like, oh yeah, we need more people of color to do this, we need more people of color to volunteer, so they can see people who look like them. So then it misinforms them with what they're really going to be seeing when they come here. Mm. That's true. I don't even think they go as far as to like advertise it and say they're searching for people of color. They don't advertise it, period, unless, like, I found, I searched for the core mentor because I was in it, so mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to do that. And when I when it was advertised, it was in more, or it was like those emails. It was never right. just advertised to the whole student population. Like, Got you. That's so many fun. students were like, "What is going yeah. on? Like, why are there seniors here?" Mm -hmm. Folks, you did Essence. What do you think? Okay, so I did Essence, and um, it just showed me that Emory knows how to handle Black people, but they choose not to. Ooh. Because. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, not only did they do, like, the Nambika BAM, like, event with the showcase, but they also did the Taste of Africa to show that they understand that black people have, like, a diverse experience. Like, it's not just one black people. There's someone from Jamaica or Nigeria or, you know, Kenya or whatever. And um, even the people that they put us in the room with, there was an event every time, right? And so we, I don't know if we attended a class, but they just like it was just a community and that's basically what the black experience is mm -hmm. no matter where you are there's always a community and so emory made sure to emphasize or like create an environment like that whereas once you actually came to the school mm -hmm. it's like quiet like nobody's <laughs> talking like right. ever on the school or at least it's separated like white kids sit here asian kids sit here like it's not a community anymore mm -hmm. so like they played us <laughs> <laughs> So sad. <laughs> it's true. Mm -hmm. Does it, anyone feel similar? Like, do y'all feel plain, or, or are you happy to be here? Like, what, what is it? What is that feeling? I'm happy to be here because I know where it can get me. Mm. I don't necessarily think that I 
there's definitely a part of me that would have gone somewhere else if I had not, you know? But being here, A, I don't want to go through the pro college process again and transfer. <laughs> but B, it's like I have talked to upperclassmen in the B school and like I'm in a club called Alpha, which is Association of Latino Professionals for America. And so the exec board is all upper, basically upperclassmen in the B school. And so I see how they're like getting jobs, like they're working their senior year and they already know where they're going after they're graduating. And like they're going to be successful. So that encourages me to like know where I can get to. But yeah, probably wouldn't have come here if I had known. Yeah, for me, um, I think Emory does a good job in terms of like preparation for after college and all that stuff and like all the opportunities that you can do. Like I, I for myself, you know, just doing lab technician things or, or going and networking with the public health school like as a graduate option. Like there's so many things that you can do to put yourself out there and work towards that future goal that you may have for yourself. But where Emory lacks for me is that social and community aspect. Mm -hmm. The African American community actually feels small and when it's advertised through things like core and essence, you feel like it, the presence is there and right. it's strong. But then you come on, on campus and you know, it, it's like the events, you're gonna see the same people because the, mm. the community is small and things like that. So it doesn't make things as enticing because it, because of the repetitive feel of things um, in socialization events. So for me, once again, I think you know, overall that academics and preparation is really good and strong, but the socialization and, and strength of our community kind of lacks. Mm. And it feels like it's an independent stride to your future rather than a, a communal thing. Mm. So let's bring back to that community aspect, right? What would you say is the community or social scene of Emory? And then what was your engagement with like upperclassmen like? Like the farthest my um my like friend group goes or my friend community goes when it comes to like Emory like Black Emory is sophomore year. Mm -hmm. Um I think I probably know like three juniors and like one one senior, but like we don't talk that often. Um, you're my RA, so like I have to talk to you. <laughs> but I, it's just like I, I honestly think that like the only community that I've found so far is within my my freshman group and my sophomores because I, I don't know if the upperclassmen feel very uppity and they don't want to talk. But like yeah, the community community is very um, separated here. I feel I feel different. I mean. For me, at least, like, it's, I'm kind of the opposite of that. Like, I have a community with the first year and the sophomore, but also have, I also feel like some sort of connection with the upperclassmen, like juniors and seniors. Like, I do see them often. I, like, communicate, I talk to them and things of that nature. And they have helped me, like, with, because when I first came here, like, I had zero credits. Like, August 24th, I had no credits. And, like, they all, they told me, like, the classes to take, like, professors, um, what I should be doing for, like, uh, my career. And like things, and I just feel like there is a community there, but it, you you just have to you have to be social. Like mm -hmm. if you're not social, nothing comes, really. I feel like mm -hmm. he's, in a sense, is the upperclassmen community. It's there if you want it and you seek it out. But it's also like the especially the juniors and seniors. The help they give is more academic, and like they can put you on the right path. But more so in like friendships. I feel like it's more so freshmen and sophomores and that's like the people you'll spend time with mm -hmm. but if you need help of course like choosing classes and stuff they're not not going to help you they're so willing to but i feel like their mentality is also different it's they've already been here two years they're more so looking forward to after college and what they're mm -hmm. they're like planning it out they're doing their internships they're networking like it's a very different 
like experience after those two years, I think. It's my look, you want to say something. Well, I would just say like, I'm kind of indifferent to it. I feel like I would like to have more interactions with juniors and seniors, but I also feel like it's not necessarily on them. I think it should have been like a, it should be a communal effort for like first years and like upperclassmen to kind of like connect. I think there was a BSA event where there was like a first year upperclassmen social. Mm -hmm. There were like two upperclassmen there. Like, I mean like in that sense, I, I just never see them. I never have the opportunity really to interact with juniors or seniors unless it's like in the um, miseducation of Black Emory and I ask a question. Like I think yeah. they're willing to help. I just speak, see, like I don't see it in my everyday life. I only have friends that are like first years or like some sophomores, but I would definitely appreciate that interaction more. And what's the miseducation of Black Emory? A group chat. Black people here on campus, it's like funny. I think it's almost like an Emory thing too because like agreeing with what you said about upperclassmen helping us academically because I went to the STEM pathways program in the beginning which is like pre-orientation and if you want to do anything medicine like they'll have juniors or seniors and some um, sophomores can like advise you but um, there is like a social disconnect too because I was like, I was kind of suspicious, especially as a freshman, because Emory's being so nice to us, but I'm just like, <laughs> after we leave, are they gonna like, after we like grow up, at least sophomore year, is that gonna stop, you know what I mean? Like, but they just have all these problems, pro like, what's it called? Activities. And I'm in um, SPC, which is Student Programming Council, so we host most of the Emory activities within campus, and I see more freshmen are involved in it, but it's just like Emory supports freshmen more than they actually support like you know upperclassmen because they just become more independent and just go on. And what you guys were saying about not really seeing them like you see sophomores and freshmen because they live here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Juniors and seniors they, they come for their classes mm -hmm. and they're not in our classes and then they go home because they're like I've lived here for two years I need my space mm -hmm. which I get because yeah. I've been here not even a full semester and I need my space, but they have the option to leave and I think they choose to do so. And I guess, I, I think that's the reason why, like, even when going to, like, the Claremont campus is basically where the juniors and seniors, 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 seniors yeah. live. So, yeah. Yeah, stuff. yeah, I just kind of feel like I'm invading every time I go over there, <clears throat> whether it be to, like, you know, just chill in the sack or... The sack, Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the sack is basically like just a, another uh, student center for yeah. the, the, on the Claremont campus, I can say that now. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. I just, I just feel like I can't be over there. Sometimes I just feel like, hey, just stay on your own campus. Yeah. <laughs> chill out with your people and yeah. I get what you need to get done. But what you, so I'm hearing a lot of disconnect, right? Mm. So would y'all agree that the black community isn't unified? Do you feel like it's unified in some, some capacity? And do you feel like streamlines like, uh, or spaces like BAMNB can help unify the community? What are your thoughts on that? I would say our like connecting point would be in the fact that like there's a black community like per grade level almost like first years have a black community. Yeah. Like Ooh. sophomores, juniors, and seniors. Like that's what I'm seeing personally. Mm -hmm. I mean, even BAM and Nambika, they are just freshmen. And then there's like the sophomores who did it last year who help you for a semester and then they leave you. So it's still like <laughs> that community isn't extending into the upperclassmen as much. Yeah, I think um, just 
like in itself just having residential like the way residential is structured like how we and sophomores are easily able to connect with each other and things like Nambika and BAM how um, it's a freshman group taught by sophomores like there's so many natural ways that we get to connect with our sophomore class and that's why we're, we're, we have formed stronger relationships with our sophomores but there's no natural way for us to connect with juniors and seniors um, like for Zendi like he he's a social person but I'm not mm -hmm. um, really like that at all so like he could connect by just saying hey um, but whereas me I kind of need that natural help um, whether it be living on campus or spaces like BAM um, that natural help helps me connect with other people rather than just being willing to just say hey so. I just want to say that um, <laughs> looking in like the the black groups that we have like I know I have a certain friend group that looks a certain way and I, I, there's, there's like a, a subconscious kind of, of thought process or like vetting process when it comes to like making friends here. And I think just looking at the, the black community, like if a, a white person or if an Asian person said something about us, we would like be on, on edge and try to get at them. But like there are still divides in the black community on, on, on yeah. um, our campus. And I know people personally that feel like they can't fit in with, with certain black communities on campus. Like I, there are certain people that won't come to the Hammy Five floor because the, the, cert, like, the people that are on that floor are not like them or the people that are on that floor won't accept them, mm. you know? So yeah, there are definitely divides here. What type of divides are that exactly though? Like you give us a little more information. Um, it's just a certain look like you have to look a certain way, you have to act a certain way in order for, for people to, to want to hang out with you. To be black in a certain way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Do y'all have the same sentiments, experiences with that? <laughs> okay, I've never been to Hamby Five before, and like I have like a lot of like black friends at Emory, but none of them actually go to, well not none of them, but some of them don't really reach out to go to the black events. Not because like, they don't want to be associated with black people, black people, but it's just like their personalities seem to count, or at least like a lot of the black students here are very like close knit and it's hard to, you know, like get mm -hmm. into it unless you have like, you know, a personality like yours is more extroverted. And so like what I've heard from my friends is like one, if they're like probably like a little bit more quirky, it's just like, that's not, how black people are so it's just like oh what are you trying to do where you just came from like who are you and so they just like distance themselves or like you know that's just my experience i think it's almost like like how chris said it's like subconsciously like policing other people's black experience and that's mm -hmm. how we form our groups like mm -hmm. like kaluji said if you're like quirky or like you're not super extroverted like you probably won't hang out with like i don't know like hammy five or things like that and I think that's the problem is that like we're like we're like policing each other's blackness. Like we can all be black in our own way. And I feel like almost like we don't even have to like all be one community. Like everyone has an experience on their own. So and that's just like a natural way. Like I'm not going to necessarily be friends with certain people just because like I naturally connect with people who have had experiences like me. That doesn't mean I don't like speak to them or like hang out with them when we're in like a communal setting, but like that's not like necessarily my friend group and so I think I guess we kind of just have to accept that like everyone is like black in their own way it's fine mm -hmm. there's no there's not one way to be black 
You just have to, yeah, as you were saying, just accept the fact that everyone's different. Everyone's grew up differently. Everyone has different experiences. The way that people go through life are different. And we, I, I feel like as a community, we haven't accepted that fact yet. Yeah. Like, I, I have one friend that literally, she says, like, the communities of people that she, like, speaks to when, when she's not by herself, like, the only thing that they have to say to her is, like, Wow, I haven't seen you in a long time. Like nobody's really saying like, "How are you?" or like, yeah. "Hey, what's up?" Like, do you want to go hang out? It's always because they feel the need to speak to her because she's black, but like, they're not really like here to to be friends with her or mm -hmm. to to actually communicate with her. So I want to move more into the conversation direction of like, what has your microaggressions been like at Emory as black students here? What's your identities like? What is that like? Knowing that you're going to a school where like there are students that are predominantly white, like you know there are just certain things that you're gonna have to prepare yourself for. You know they're always gonna think that you guys are gonna be the life of the party, so like they invite oh, yeah. you so that you can turn up. Like right. the, those are just certain things that like you you prepare yourself for. But what was so that experience like? Like, what's about your do rag? Can I wear one? Like, what's the interaction like? Um. It was just a regular old white kid. Okay. Um, so, you know, you just have the regular old white answer for them. Like, this is a protective styling. Uh, <laughs> and no, you can't wear it. Uh, but you can look in at my hair and just walk away. Like. See, I honestly, I'm not going to say that this, I definitely don't think this characterizes Emory. But I haven't experienced any microaggressions yet. And I'm surprised by this. Yes. Like, and very much so. Like, the worst thing that I've heard is something about my braids. Like, that's all, but like, I don't know. I it's just because my high school kind of was like, I I went through like a lot of stuff. So now it's mm -hmm. like at Emory, it's just like almost like very different, which is like so weird to me that like it's not the same when it's like a very similar environment. Like it's a predominantly white school. I went to a predominantly white high school, but like high school was like much like exponentially worse than like mm -hmm. how I experienced. Like I haven't seen anything that's like wow and. That's, I don't know, it's surprising to me. I definitely wouldn't say it. Like how you said about your do-rag, like I'm pretty sure more things like that happen to other people. It just hasn't happened to me yet. Don't know why. So are you, are you closing yourself off from the microaggressions because you dealt with the worst in high school or are you like not no, exposed like, to them at all? I, I am very aware when people are being like microaggressive to me. I just haven't like, even like if well, I would say with professors, like in high school teachers, like they would say certain things to me like, just if, like if I said something in class, like if I was like outspoken, like oh my gosh, like that's so good, like I wasn't supposed to like participate right. in my classroom. Right. Like, like no one comes up to me like oh my gosh, Samaya, you're so articulate, like wow, you actually participate, but like that's literally like how my classes were. So mm -hmm. that's what I mean. Like I just haven't seen any like parallels, and I guess it doesn't have to be the same. I just haven't seen it yet. Mm -hmm. Like one form of like racial tension once again going back to uh, Hamilton. Uh, just once again we're on the fifth floor, so that's the top floor of Hamilton, and like. Um, when we were walking into the building and like there's already a, a non-person of color waiting on the elevator, sometimes they literally look oh, at the leave. number and look back down and, and like look at the number, look at us, and then take the stairs. I'm just like, whoa, yeah. like, like okay, cool. you're not comfortable being in the elevator with me, maybe because my skin color. Like, I, I, it's literally happened. Like, it's happened twice this week. It's happened. It's literally I could count more than my fingers how many times that's happened before and. I'm just like, oh snap. Like at first, you know, I don't want to blame it on anything racial tension wise, but <laughs> if it happens that many times, it has to be something. So. Um, back to the elevator though. Um, <laughs> one of my, my absolute favorites 
absolute favorite microaggression, I must say, is when you come into Hamilton and you walk into the elevator and there's somebody in there before you, they automatically press the five. Yes. So that you can go upstairs. Because, like, they, they don't even, without, without speaking yes. to you. I kind of, I'm, I'm indifferent about that, though. Sometimes I like it. It's like, okay, cool. Like, I am going to the fifth floor, so thanks. Yeah. But then at, at another, like, Damn, maybe I'm going to the second or the third. Like, maybe I'm going to go see somebody yeah. in the hall. Right. Like, like, like shit. Go check on my friend Sydney on yeah. the second floor. Like. But nah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Yeah. Yeah, uh, another situation is kind of, uh, for me, in chemistry class. Um, like, the first half of class is, like, lecture-based, and the second half is, like, a group worksheet. Um, and it tends to be, like, when other people in my group are, like, kind of struggling with the question, like, they will ask everyone and then not even ask me, um, mm -hmm. but then I'll speak up and help clarify the situation if, I, if I'm capable of doing so. Um, but it's just kind of weird that, like, it, it consistently happens that they're asking other people that are non-person of color um, and then not even asking me even though I'm, I'm able to help. Um, and not kind of give them that equal chance of, of questionability kind of thing. Yeah, going off of that, this isn't my own experience, but I know one of my friends in chemistry lab, he says that like his partner will ask him a question and he'll like give them the answer and then they'll ask everyone else in the group and then ask the teacher uh -huh. to like just to make sure that he was right when like in the first place he gave them the right answer. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like stuff like that, like we're at the same school, we both got it, we're the same classroom, like I'm just as capable as you are, but people seem to not understand that. Another one is like walking. I don't know why, but I guess uh, white people feel entitled to the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. So like they don't say excuse me or anything. Yeah, like the sidewalk. That's and it's weird. like they don't say excuse me or anything. Like I used to, I used to like just subconsciously like okay, I, I like just do like that. Like, I don't really care. But nowadays I'm just I'm noticing I'm just bumping on. Like, I'm bumping. I'm bumping. I'm bumping everybody. It don't matter. Like, but that's like like just get out the way. I say excuse me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially walking up that hill. Right. And when they don't. Like they don't come, like they don't greet anybody like any of the workers or like anybody who just clean they they seem they act like as if they're just not there and not present mm -hmm. and it kind of like it makes me feel some type of because I mean like just saying good morning to somebody like goes a long way mm -hmm. and like just being disrespectful when purposely being dirty is it's like uh, like yeah. why no home training. Mm -hmm. <laughs> one last one. One last one. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> this one. Oh my gosh. All right. So, um, a BMI has like this this handshake that we do. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly can't like tell you the amount of people that like have watched us do this handshake and have practiced it with their I'm friends so that when you come up to them and you're like, hey, or you're like wow. trying to shake their hand like uh, really? a normal person <laughs> and they go for the handshake and it's just handshake? like, no. <laughs> That's not for you. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Like you're not wrong. Like, nah, not, so many people. It's like, and then they get out. Nah, like they just right. trying. Yeah. Like why? Like it's not for you. It's yeah. not you. It's not yours. Don't do it. It's simple. Well, we've talked about a lot of different experiences here at Emory, um, especially during your first year, first semester. Um, but final question, you know, do you regret your decision to come to Emory? Yes or no? I don't regret it at all. I mean, I'm only here because Emory gave me gave me money. 
Um, really, so I don't regret it because this was the best place for me financially. So I'm gonna just stick with it. And even though there are a lot of negatives, there are a lot of positives. I mean, I have found a nice close-knit community within uh, my floor and my class. So I feel as though these positives do outweigh the negatives, mm -hmm. even though there are a lot of microaggressions. Mm -hmm. But there are also some things I could take away from memory. And it's only been, and I didn't mean to host a match or so. I'm looking forward to seeing how, how the rest is going to play out. Mm -hmm. For me, um, I would say, um, like, I w I'm definitely staying, um, but like earlier, if you asked me this question probably like a month ago, I literally started a transfer application um, already, but I'm, I'm not working on it anymore because I realized for me, like academics, is, once again, it's fine for me. Like everything's well, like Emory does a really good job in my opinion in terms of preparation and what you need. Um, and it's still a tough academic school and all that stuff. Um, but once again, it was a socialization uh, part of it. And I think that we can't neglect that from the college experience. Like, yes, college is for academics and education, but the social aspects of it is a part of your experience and you should be able to enjoy that fully. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I felt like I wasn't enjoying it fully, um, which caused me to start that transfer application. But I realized that's also just an adjustment factor. So I'm gonna play it out and uh, just enjoy my experience here. I'm in a combination of both of them. Um, I am here because I wanted to be here, but I also got a lot of money. Like there wouldn't, there wouldn't have been a. They I don't care how much I want to be here. Like I wouldn't have come if they hadn't given me as much money as they had. And so that's definitely a reason to stay. And also, like Marcus said, the academics are really good. But I'm in the same boat as him. Is like I was looking at other schools. I was looking at the process and how to do it. And I'm not totally with him on. I totally crossed it off my list. But yeah, I am more so inclined to just stay for where it can get me. I would say in terms of like what coming from high school what I wanted in a college is like what Emory has somewhat given to me like I personally prioritize like academics and opportunities over social experience so like I expected this like I didn't I didn't expect much so like what I've gotten out of this has honestly been like better than what I thought like I thought I was going to be like in my room every weekend, like not having any black community, but I have like found it. So that's what I'm happy with. Yes, it could be better. Yes, I would like to have like a better experience, but like since I already had like that notion of how it would be, I guess I like kind of am dealing with it better. I would say I think about like how I would be at an HBCU a lot. Like I wouldn't go to another PW. I don't know what the point of that would be, but like I think a lot, like, you know, maybe I should just go to Spelman, but like I think I'm gonna stay here. So, yeah. So yeah, I like Emory too, or I'll stay in Emory. Um, I think it's like a good thing that we have these kind of conversations because it allows us that we can create, like Emory's not gonna do it for us, mm -hmm. so we have to be the ones to actually go out and like create opportunities for black people, especially being from Atlanta, nobody wanted to apply. Well, all the black people I knew was like, I'm not going to Emory, Emory, they don't care about us, like white people don't care about us. So like we can change that and like, you know, make it a space for black people to come, you know? Mm -hmm. All right, that is the end of this episode. I want to thank our panelists for being here, and we'll see you next time. Camera, camera one or camera three? Which one? <laughs> we haven't clapped, though. Yeah, oh!